You're listening to the She's On Her Toes podcast, episode six. She's On Her Toes podcast is about getting ahead in the business of fitness. We'll take a real life look at what it takes to own and operate a boutique fitness studio, sharing what it's really like to run a business. You know, all the stuff they don't teach you in business school. Hey everyone, Carolyn here. Before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to let you know it is being sponsored by the She's on Her Toes Build a Better Business 5-Day Challenge, which will start on Monday, May 14th. So you'll want to listen all the way to the end of the episode when we do give details about how to participate in the Build a Better Business 5-Day Challenge. All right. Okay, well, welcome to episode 6 of the She's on Her Toes podcast. I am Carolyn Hearn here, and I'm uh, joined, as always, with my managers, Emily and Christina. And I just want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. We've made it to episode six, so super exciting. I just want to remind you to subscribe and leave a review because leaving reviews will help us reach a broader audience and help more people find the podcast. So thank you so much. We received an awesome review from actually my business coach, Marianne Hauser. And I'm reading it this week because it kind of leads into our topic today. But Marianne writes... This is a fun way to learn about business success and how teams working together can help you reach your goals. Two exclamation points. So thank you, Marianne. And as I said, I think this is a good segue into our topic today. When are you done in business? There seems to be an unsubstantiated rumor that there is some finish point when you're building and working on your business. In a lot of things, there is a beginning and an obvious finish, but business is a little different. When you're building your business, you're always tweaking things, making adjustments. You never, uh, you're always just kind of tinkering with everything. You just don't start, open the instruction manual, follow the directions, and get to the finish line. There is always something new to be done. There is always a change to be made. So today we're going to be talking about basically like when you're done in business. How do you know when something isn't working and move on to something that does work? And how do we accept change in business? Because no two days are alike. And like I said, we're always kind of tweaking and fine tuning our process. So let's get started. I guess one of the first things I wanted to ask um, the group here is one of the things that I personally love about being a small business owner is that no two days are the same. We're always solving problems and being challenged to make the business better. Basically, it's like a little game in my brain every day. Uh, But I'd love to hear your manager's perspective on this. Do you like that kind of organization? Controlled chaos? <laughs> I mean, sure, we have a plan, but it's always subject to change. I mean, what are those challenges and what are the benefits? Um, well, I think I'll start with the challenges. I don't, and it's not really to be viewed as a bad thing because sometimes no. challenges can, yeah. Yeah, can be seen either way. Um, how to best accommodate clients within every day. Um, each one is different and their needs are different at the studio to best uh, fulfill their experience. And in the beginning, it's a lot of sort of trial and sometimes error with them. 
And uh, normally you want to try to get it right the next time. Well, you do want to get it right the <laughs> next time, obviously. But there is a lot of sort of somewhat of a game in the beginning to figure out how to best accommodate them. And I enjoy that as a challenge because you get to know them through that and you figure out how to best work with them through the process. And then benefits of the controlled chaos and whatnot is we're learning new things every day and it's not always the same. You just sort of learn to go with the flow, which I really like that because I used to be a school teacher and every day you're teaching different things, but the same thing, which I, all the props to school teachers out there. I can't, yeah, <laughs> not for me anymore. Um, but definitely just, I love the sort of unknown in, in a way because you just come in and you're like, all right, what's happening today? Like there are things you can control and things you can't. And you sort of have to be, well, you are open to what happens every day because you really don't know sometimes. Yeah, that's really true. I think the, the biggest thing is, like, it's easy to allow, like, those, um, those changes in your day or, like, things that come up, it's easy to kind of let them throw you off. But I find it really helpful to um, have your priorities. Like, what are, what are the things that are really, really important? And there's always something that you're going to be doing in a day that can wait a day or two, right? There's something that... Um, isn't a priority right has to get done right that second and just knowing how your schedule can fluctuate so that when something does pop up that's really important that you hadn't planned on doing um, finding a way to be able to take care of it but like not lose all of your other productivity you had planned for the day so it really does I totally agree it's exciting it's fun it's a fun way to work but it takes a little um, like flexibility on the part of your on the part of your employees and your managers and being able to um, take all the information that's given prioritize it and take care of things that are most important you know obviously like client contact or things like that that we really client needs those are really important they need to be handled um, but being able to kind of figure out how you can tweak and work with things and go with the flow as much as possible it sounds like you have to be super disciplined I know I'm disciplined in the way I approach work and the work that we do here at uh, Pure Bar Winston-Salem and Pure Bar Clemens so yeah how do you prioritize like do you ever feel I guess when I first started and y'all weren't working for me like my list would literally be like 20 things long and it would just seem like defeating when I didn't get it all done because it was like oh crap like now I have to add it on to tomorrow's 20 list you know agenda item like how do you kind of yeah. manage all that well I think one thing that I've noticed from being here is um, we're all while we are always working and there's always things to improve and things to be done you it seems like everything happens at one time right so like you have one day where you're like <laughs> oh I got my stuff done I have a little bit of um, flexibility in my day I can kind of go for you know kind of go with it and then the next day is like oh I have 47 things to do you know that's that part I think is really the what you kind of the learning curve you have to right. learn is like how to so I think it's really important for me personally to um, kind of have a big picture maybe of the day or of the week it's probably better if you look at like a week or like you can even have a big picture of your month and know like okay they, these are the things that have deadlines these are, yeah. these are the things that have to have to be done and what are my 10 things that can kind of fluctuate what are the mm -hmm. things that okay if I don't get it done this week like I have in my in my planner I have till the end of the month to get it done so like I can push this back but I cannot push this back so I'm going to sit down and put this as a priority and get it done right now and I think it goes back to like time management and being aware of <laughs> your uh, workload and um, allowing maybe you plan in a little bit of time for those things that pop up um, so that you know like 
I have a little bit of flexibility, but I totally don't have the answer completely. I think it really is like it's a learning curve. You kind of have to what works for yeah, you. Yeah, figure yeah. out how it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, so like I mean it sounds like delegation and the ability to delegate even downstream from what y'all are doing to our front desk associates, maybe even to some of our teachers. I mean, do you have any like tips or any, you know, good advice on how to delegate appropriately? I think like the biggest thing about delegating that I've learned is just like you have to trust your employees mm-hmm. and you also have to set them up. So mm-hmm. I never want to give an employee something to do where I don't feel like I spend enough time explaining and explain yeah. right. So I never want to throw something because then it's not going to get done correctly and then I'm going to have to redo it anyway. So we really are big here on like making sure everybody's in the circle of knowledge, like everybody knows what's <laughs> yeah. going on. I mean, for yeah. the most part. And then when you can trust your employees and your employees have an understanding of what you're doing and they have, they know how to do it, um, it's a lot easier to give them something to do. And I, I find myself throughout the week doing stuff and being overwhelmed and then taking a step back and deciding like, I can definitely push this on. Like, I'm gonna Mm -hmm. give this to the next person that comes in, this would be a great task for them to do. And then it frees up your ability to do some things, but I do think you need to set your employees up and make sure that they um, can be successful in what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, um, I feel like we really try to make sure everyone knows that they are respected here and very Mm -hmm. valued. And I think that flows into Mm -hmm how clients are treated and why they want to continue to come back because everyone here, it's an awesome community and it starts from us and everyone that we speak to, how we treat the employees and everything. um, I think that's very important in a business to be successful. Mm -hmm. And then that leads into clients not being able to get enough of the place and they just want to keep coming back. And um, so I think that sort of goes hand in hand with um, delegating and whatnot. It has to start with trust and respect from the beginning. Totally agree. Yeah, I guess I definitely would just add to all of this, whether you have management responsibility right now, if you're the business owner, obviously you do, or if you're just an employee in a larger organization or a larger corporation. I mean, really, the most valuable skill that you can have as an employee or a worker in whatever organization you are at is managing people. If you can't manage people, I don't, there's no way for you to advance because that's really what business is all about is there's no way that one single owner or one single, single you know, CEO can do the work uh, and run the entire business themselves. You have got to hire employees. You've got to manage them effectively, delegate to them, motivate them, you know, keep up with them, do all those things to keep all the work flowing. And that is a skill. Like organizing and managing people is a huge skill. So if you can develop that, and it's definitely something that you have to learn. Uh, which is great because that means that you don't have, you're not like born to manage, right? Like you can go and learn, you know, but like, unfortunately, the only way you learn is to do it on the job, right? So you're probably going to mess up a bunch and then eventually you'll get it right. So yeah, it's just, but that's like women, men out there, whoever's listening to this, like, like if you can become an effective manager and have your employees respect you and really like buy into what it is that you're trying to accomplish, 
like you've got it made you're good to go so yeah and I guess like furthermore in terms of managing I think it is kind of an interesting parallel so you know when you're a teacher in a class you're managing a group of clients and you've got you know you're basically telling them what to do for the next 50 minutes and then here in this business we you know have roughly the same amount of people that we're trying to manage every day so yeah I just think that's kind of an interesting parallel do you think that you know some of the same things that you do in terms of like managing and running the business that you apply to the classes that you teach well I I think that like you can see somebody that's like a strong um, manager or that it has like great skills with people I think that can that's reflected in their classes Mm -hmm. um, because they're the ones that are confident they're the ones that everything's running smoothly your clients probably want to take classes from them all the time but more specifically um, like within a class when you're teaching a class it's really important to prioritize so like you might have a client that really needs your help because they're going to hurt themselves like that's your number one priority you have to stop what you were doing you might have been like really into your musicality and been you know really strong focusing on that but you need to help this person make sure they don't hurt themselves and make sure their experience is positive so i think prioritizing and figuring out how to um you know, take things that are the most important during your class and then be able to jump back into what you were doing is a huge skill um, that kind of parallels into managing people, prioritizing them the same way. Yeah, sort of um, working in a way one-on-one to figure out, I feel like this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, what's the best fit for the client and then also (laughs) our employees and everyone that works here. Um, So yeah, I definitely see a parallel between the two. Yeah. 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 I love it. I think it's, you know, we have talked about this before on other episodes, just how as a teacher you're gaining confidence. Like the more times you teach, like the more reps you put in, the better you get. And it's the same thing. Like you're getting better at managing the room. Same thing in real life and business. Like the more opportunities you have to interact with your employees, to delegate to them, to give them opportunities to succeed um, at the work that they're doing. I mean, it's just like, you just gotta keep up and you know, keep the, keep the reps up. Yeah, um, practice, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The more practice, the better, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, Cause Lord knows I've made a ton of mistakes. <laughs> Managing y'all, I'm like, oops, uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think like that's kind of, um, I really wanna talk about like this concept of pivoting. And I'm not necessarily sure that pivoting means like you're like breaking the tie and, you know, just starting over more of like you're kind of like pivot, like you turn on your heels. So like maybe you're kind of like still like in the same, I don't know, like ballpark or genre or you're still like in the same zip code as like what you were doing, but you've somehow managed to like figure out that you need to change and make it better. So I think that's, you know, kind of an interesting concept, especially our studios and in just in business in general. But, you know, I wanted to talk about like a few things, I guess we can call them case studies because they actually happened here in the studio and just kind of discuss like how we've had to evolve our strategy. And I guess to preface this, like these are things where like uh, we were, you know, we had a strategy, it was working, it wasn't working, and we had to make some quick decisions to figure out how to fix it and kind of go from there. Uh, so I guess like maybe the first thing we can talk about is clothing sales. And about a year ago, like I, I say like 
our clothing sales have been really strong at the studio. One of the things that I like to talk about, and I think I have talked about in the book and in the blog, is that you know we're really running two businesses because we've got classes so we're selling classes and services and you know having that schedule and we've got teachers teaching the classes and clients come in every day but then to supplement that or like in addition to that business we also sell apparel and accessories and socks and just to kind of emphasize the Pure Bar brand and like the lifestyle of health and wellness that we're trying to promote here at the studios. But that's like two totally different things and they have completely different needs and attentions. And yeah, it's like, it can get pretty complicated. But yeah, about a year ago, I would say our clients' tastes in what they purchased totally changed. And it really, it seemed like it happened overnight. <laughs> Although maybe there were signs that it was happening all along. I just wasn't paying attention. I'm not sure. But we really had to make a major pivot in the brand styles and sizes that we purchased. So I guess like we wanted to talk a little bit about that and just kind of like what the problem was, how we approached fixing it. And I guess it's still kind of an ongoing thing. Like we're still learning. So yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I was here when all of this happened. So firsthand experience, um, it was kind of like, and I'm not there in the beginning, so correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but you, you, you purchased these brands mm -hmm. and these styles and they did well. People yeah. like them. Yeah, we like sold everything. It was yeah. great. It was like things were selling. <laughs> yeah. And so um, it's, all, it's not like we were just like doing what we had been doing, but we, we felt like we were providing people with what they had liked and what mm -hmm. they had always liked. And, mm -hmm. and we kept ordering those same things. And I agree overnight maybe maybe it slowly happened but it's it just all of a sudden we would get these new shipments in we're really excited that used mm -hmm. to be big selling weekends or weeks when that stuff came in mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden we're putting new stuff out and it's like not even getting a second look or like we, yeah. we definitely aren't making any sales <laughs> but like it's, it's almost like people weren't even interested in it and then you kind of started to notice because you're aware of these things people coming in with clothes that we didn't offer mm -hmm. and completely different styles of what we offered. Mm -hmm. So um, we're still learning, but <laughs> it was obvious that our clients were no longer interested in what we were carrying and they had loyal clients that liked to shop from us and want to shop from us had been purchasing things elsewhere just because they wanted a look that we didn't offer. So mm -hmm. we had to um, kind of scramble with the orders that we had and try to supplement with some new things and bring in some new brands and really a whole new look, like a, like yeah. a much edgier, yeah. more modern look um, as opposed to like, I don't know what you wanted to call before, but just a little more. Just more like a basic, kind of like the J. Crew yeah, yeah, of yeah. workout wear, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. yeah, and yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's just like, it, it just kind of changed. People wanted like a, a different look and, um, you know, when you work with orders that you've placed months in advance you, you know we just kind of had to slowly start switching things out mm -hmm. and the hard part about that was we didn't know if people would like I mean we knew people didn't like what we had but we didn't know that they were going to necessarily like the new stuff so mm -hmm. a little bit of trial and error there for sure just bringing yeah. in things seeing if they sold trying to get some feedback from clients but I still feel like we're still trying to you know make sure we have things that um, these clients that we have in now are, are interested in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're describing is kind of we were doing, like, testing and measuring. So, yeah, yeah like, in the past, like, I would order huge orders from, you know, brands that people had, 
you know, been very loyal to and couldn't get enough of. So we would be spending maybe like $10,000 um, each order from, you know, this one brand. And then that's in a month. And then it would sell out and it'd be awesome. But <laughs> I think uh, then, you know, but then it's like when they're not buying it, when people aren't buying what you're ordering and they have been, I mean, you're kind of like, okay, well, why aren't they buying it anymore? Like, <laughs> yeah. is it the price? Is it the color? Is it the brand? Is it the quality? Is it, you know, you, so you kind of have to like go through your list of, you know, all the possible, you know, reasons why things might not be working. I mean, of course you could ask people, but I mean, I've certainly found that it's, people aren't always necessarily honest when you're asking them. Although we do have a few clients who would be more than happy to tell me exactly uh, what what they, they think. A lot of people don't want to hurt you. Yes, and I, yeah, and I would totally, and I respect them for, um, for their honesty. But yeah, and so, you know, we would, what basically what happened, we had to just kind of like start over, get rid of all the things that were dragging us down, and then just start over and you know making small purchases from different brands that we hadn't had or you know different price points and just trying to see like okay is it a price issue well it turns out no it's not I'm uh, not for sure it was a price <laughs> issue I know. Like, there's a mistake <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's it's not a price issue it's mm -hmm. purely uh, what I believe is an issue of if they like it yes Yes, yep. which is super subjective. Yeah. So, again, so that's like again, that's a huge challenge. I mean, like not like we were talking before. It's not a problem. It's just a challenge because, you know, as the business owner, you are you have a carrying cost for all of your inventory. So, like I buy it, you know, it's paid for, and then you know it takes you know maybe a week to get to the studio. So I've already been carrying that for, on my credit card for seven days. And then it gets to the studio. Maybe it takes us another day or two to enter it into the computer and tag it and hang it and merchandise it. And then people start looking at it. And sometimes they buy right away. Sometimes it takes them about a week or so. So already that's like three weeks of carrying inventory that we haven't sold. And then, oh, my credit card bill is due at week four. So, you know, this is uh, a very capital intensive part of the business and it's totally different from services. Obviously we have very low fixed costs here at the studio. I mean, we have our rent, we pay utilities and then we buy music. And of course I have the teacher um, costs that, and you know, keeping the studio open and with front desk associates and that kind of thing. But all of those are pretty fixed and it's very easy to figure out like, okay, we've got to have this many people in each class and then it makes sense to keep the class because we're, you know, breaking even or making money. Um, and then, but with clothing, it's, it's completely different because you're buying it in advance and then hoping that people will buy it. So yeah, I guess like the thing that we've really found that is working now is just buying a lot smaller quantities of things more often. So if we do have a major misstep, it's really not the end of the world and we're not stuck with, you know, $10,000 worth of inventory that, I mean, that's like, that's real money. That's a lot of money. So, uh, and it's my money. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely real money. Yeah. 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 
So yeah, I mean, just thinking about those things is I'm sure if you're a client listening, you're like, oh my God, I never even knew like all this was going on. I mean, we're doing math here, people. Like there's a lot of spreadsheets. There's, yeah, uh, yeah, we've got all kinds of things going on to figure out and make sure that we can pay our bills and stay open and keep the lights on and keep the music pumping and class going. Um, But yeah, no, it was, that was a huge eye opener. I thought, I too was curious. I thought it might be a price issue too, but it, it really is not. It has everything to do with just taste and whether people like it. Which, yeah. if, it's, sure. if it's cute enough, it doesn't matter what it costs. And no, they'll buy it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we were going through the process, initially, um, yeah, like Carolyn and I had lots of conversations about it. I'm like, we need a cheaper legging. We need a cheaper <laughs> tank top. We needed, and I, you know, I'm not saying that it's not good to have, you know. No, yeah, it's, we, we definitely have, ex- yeah. like, broadened our yes. range of And prices. that has been successful. So I think that's been a good absolutely. balance, yeah. But we don't yeah. have to just stick mm-hmm. to, like, you can bring in some more expensive, like, lifestyle pieces or mm-hmm. some really nice leggings. As long as they're cute (laughs) and you can sell them. It's just, it's been a learning process. Yeah, definitely. Oh goodness. All right. Well, and then I guess like another one I wanted to talk about is challenges. And for those of you in the fitness business, you know what a challenge is. You have um, a certain period of time. Sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's two months where you quote unquote challenge your clients to take class more often and there's usually some kind of reward at the end of it, whether it's like a prize in the studio, whether it's a discount on their next package, or whether it's some kind of drawing, or maybe it's just, you know, that they feel awesome at the end of it and they look great, who knows. But we have these several times a year. It's a great way for the studio to kind of pick up attendance and, maybe get people energized before like a major holiday or a major like event like spring break, that kind of thing, summer, whatever. But I think finding the perfect class challenge has always been a moving target for us. And this is where we really have made a lot of changes over the last five and a half years. I mean, some of them, some of our challenges have been blockbuster successes. Others have fallen really flat. So. Yeah, like how are we kind of looking at challenges and evaluating that? And of course, like in the t- in clothing, clients' tastes are changing in, in challenges. You know, we've got to keep it fresh, got to keep it relevant to what people want. Right. So yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, I think, um, I know since I came on, we've had a bunch of different challenges and it's been interesting to see how we incorporated, I guess over the fall, our longest one yet was that, I think that was the, the two months we'd ever done. and most yeah. involved yeah. like with the yeah. meal planning and everything yeah. and it yeah. was and we also had the um in bodies yeah we had in body screening there were yeah. all kinds of different it was activities really awesome. yeah I um, and that yeah. one i felt like everyone was it went really well it was anyways it was very involved but everyone was i felt like it was a successful yeah. challenge mm-hmm. um and then we've had some shorter ones where they're just class challenges I think around the new year we had one and then we just recently had uh, wrapped up another two-month challenge that we had smaller recipes and whatnot for this and it wasn't nearly as involved Um, and I would say it wasn't as successful as the other one that was more it's just crazy because your class ones they're they always seem to be pretty um 
everyone's excited about them. But yeah. then you have two that are similar, and you almost mm-hmm. we thought we had found the happy medium. Yeah. And then I don't know if it was the time of year or what, but uh, yeah, because it, it's interesting. So like again, like testing and yeah. measuring the challenge that you're speaking about. We had this summer. It was over what like June and July, and those were very involved. And then we actually received a lot of complaints about them that there was too much it was too much so then we kind of yeah yeah, so then we kind of adjusted this last time but then yeah it wasn't as successful yeah so I don't I mean it's like we gave people what they wanted but then it like didn't work (laughs) right I almost think that just from like taking a big picture on all the challenges we've ever done and this could be this is my opinion but I almost think (laughs) that people like something new Yes. So, like, sure. yes. when yes. we did those, yeah, mm-hmm. they were overwhelming and probably stressed people out to think about, like, <laughs> buying all that food. And then I heard people say, like, I can't buy all that food. It's too much food. Um, but it was new. Right. So it was like, okay, well, this is what we're doing now. And the in-body screening was like, what is that? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. We're excited about it. So then you do it. We did it twice pretty mm-hmm. successfully. We come up on our third time and people are kind of like, yeah, I've done, I've done that. Yeah. Or like, I didn't do it last time, so I'm not going to do it this time, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that like, just like, I mean, this, this particular case study really plays into what we're talking about today. Like we have to keep changing and evolving and change, just making things different because people want to do something new. They want to do something they haven't done before. They want a new challenge. Um, so you kind of have to be ready, and you kind of you kind of have to feel it out and see how it's going. Like, can you do the challenge two times? Can we do it three times? Maybe just once, and just kind of see like how your clients respond. But it's really important, for example, that this time we didn't get as good of a feedback from it. We didn't get as many people participating. Like, it would be not good on our part if we did it. Just let's just keep doing it because mm-hmm. like oh right whatever. right we need you know you kind of have to take that evaluate and see, like, and, okay yeah. well and you know it's not personal don't let it hurt like whatever they just your clients are ready for something else so you evolve and you give them something else so like kind of seeing those warning signs and being able to kind of fluctuate with them yeah definitely so I guess for any of you clients out there uh, we do have a new challenge that we're cooking up and we will reveal that and the details of that challenge uh, I guess in a couple weeks so oh gosh I guess that means I need to order some stuff from Amazon (laughs) and get a few things done before that but uh, yeah so that'll be pretty exciting I'm not going to tell you anything about it so you'll just have to Never been done before here. Never been done before. Yeah, I think you're really going to like it. Challenges. One of the things that I have noticed over all the challenges that we've done, and we've done, we do multiple ones each year, is really that people seem to be most jazzed and accountable during the challenge if there is some kind of board where their name is signed up onto it. Because then it's like, it's real, right? And they're accountable to everyone that sees their name on the board. So if you have nothing, you know, no, like, evidence that they're participating, then they kind of just, like, don't really get that engaged in it. What do you think about that? I think, like, the accountability piece of that, for sure. Your friends can say, "Um, yeah, I see you haven't taken these. I I always put my name on the board, and then Uh I'm terrible on those weeks. Yeah, the shame. The shame. I got to put up three checks. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that, like, it's just, like, it's a a way to hold somebody accountable, like, outside motivation rather Mm -hmm. than just – because your internal motivation is going to drop like mid challenge. You're going to be tired. You're going to be sore. But if you have that piece, and if that's all it takes, you know, if that's what you need, then um, you know, for clients, that's 
can kind of pull them through sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, like one more that I wanna talk about here, and then I think we can move on from this, is really client retention. And we discussed this a little bit in another episode, and we are actually about to make some really big changes to our client retention plan. I I don't know if you haven't already read this book, Never Lose a Customer by Joey Coleman. I heard about it on another podcast, actually, and bought it immediately read it in like two days you really want to go out in there and buy that um in the show notes in the um for episode six on the blog www.she'sonhertoes.com is where you can find that just search episode six or go to that post i will have the link for this book never lose a customer by joey coleman it's actually sorry never lose a customer again Uh, It is really awesome. He talks there are eight different stages to customer loyalty. And so you kind of get the customer to buy, or I guess in our case, we call them clients, to buy. And then you basically have eight stages to turn them into a referral machine, which obviously is good for you because you uh, kind of you know, that they're basically doing free marketing for you by bringing their friends and giving you referrals. But, um, you know, I'll definitely link that into the show notes. I would highly recommend buying that book and starting to read it because I think we're going to definitely devote a whole podcast episode to client retention and what we're doing. Uh, I just got the book for Emily and Christina and gave them their copies today. So I think we'll probably be meeting over the next two weeks to kind of Uh, get our retention strategy updated based on a lot of the information and recommendations of the book and then we will share that with you once we've kind of tested and measured it a little bit but I'm really excited about this I think some of the points that uh, Joey Coleman makes in the book are really awesome so again this is like my must read if you haven't read this book or are looking for a new book go buy it today and then finally I guess we had a quote last week, and this week we'll have another quote to finish up with. (laughs) No comment. This one seems... We're going to step out for this one now. Yeah, if you uh, aren't sure what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode five. And if you're really not sure what we're talking about, go to the She's on Her Toes Instagram account under outtakes in the highlights. I'll keep those up for a whole other week. Uh, We had some good outtakes. Uh, Apparently there was a little confusion about the meaning of the quote that I picked to talk about last week. And uh, yeah, we had some good times explaining to Emily and Christina what that meant and super impressed with their ability to prepare. Okay. All right. Well, good times. All right. Well, I think this one's a little bit more awesome. Winston Churchill, one of my personal heroes, uh, success isn't final. Failure isn't fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. And I think this pretty much sums it up in business. I mean, success is fleeting. Failure can be turned around into success. But if you do nothing, you're in trouble. So how do we overcome indecision? I know sometimes when something isn't working, you can get frustrated. You can become paralyzed by indecision. Like, how do you, I guess, summon the strength or the courage to like make a decision and kind of change or, or do something different because that it's scary yeah it, it 
well, and especially like if you're coming, if you're trying to make a decision because things aren't working, mm -hmm. then um, you kind of feel like you almost feel like I'm at, yeah, I'm at the yeah. bottom. I have to do yeah. something. But like, what if I do the wrong thing and things get worse? Um, I think like the the kind of the way like when we are talking about our retail strategy and really a lot of the ways we do everything here is just like you try something and you test it out and mm -hmm. you just really need to be aware of like your numbers and your expectations mm -hmm. and if you don't see a positive impact then you you try something else like you make a decision it's not final like you you're not setting something up in mm -hmm. stone like remember that you can change things and you can try things but just like this says like if you do nothing then you're gonna continue getting what you've been getting all along. So just remembering that just because your decision that you make, maybe your first five decisions aren't right, or like they yeah. don't work for you, but mm -hmm. like as long as you continue moving and you have you try something else, you try something else, and you measure it, and you kind of know where you are and where you wanna be, mm -hmm. um, you, you haven't done anything wrong. You, there's no failure yet because you're, you're still trying and you're still growing. Right, I think the main thing is just knowing that once you think you have it figured out, something else is going to come up and you'll have to <laughs> change then that's and right. learn yeah. to yeah. be okay with change mm -hmm. and know that that's going to take you to even more successes, And but you're going to have to continue to change to make it all work. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Well, we definitely have a lot of changes at the studio pretty much every day. <laughs> every day we're doing something a little different, trying to improve. The goal is always continuous improvement. Well, I guess that's about it for episode six. Again, check out the show notes on the she'sonhertoes.com website. And you can find that book by Joey Coleman. I'll link that up. As well as a few other links to things that we've talked about. Seems like maybe we actually should do a whole podcast on retail strategy. I think that that is something that um, people have been talking about and messaging me about. So, again, yeah, if you have any ideas or need help with something in your business, please send me a message either through Instagram or Facebook. I got actually got an awesome message from another um, Pure Bar Studio owner, Whitney, this week. And so thank you, Whitney. And yeah, if you have any uh, questions or comments or ideas for the show, please let us know. That's super helpful because obviously this is something we're trying to, you know, give y'all our perspective on what's working for us. And hopefully you can take that and work that into your own business. And everyone can, you know, just get a little bit better and you know have a little bit more happiness in running their business so we will see you next week i do want to tee this up though is that uh next week after when we do episode seven we will be doing what we're going to call a five day build a better business challenge so you want to stay tuned on that i will announce those details on the blog and on instagram and facebook and then you can sign up for that each day, I will go live on Instagram for, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 minutes. And every day, you will have uh, like a little activity to do to essentially, by the end of the week, build a better business. And each, uh, each activity takes like 15 minutes, super easy. These are all things that I did when I first started working with my business coach. And we were trying to figure out my priorities and what I needed to do in terms of hiring a team and delegating and being a more effective manager. So all things that we've kind of talked about. 
today in this episode you will actually get a taste of during the five-day build a better business challenge so you'll want to sign up for that and then i will give you access to a special google drive where all of those activities for each day will be you can have access to all five of them at once so you can kind of read through everything and get a sense of what you'll be doing all week if you need to plan ahead and so you'll want to look forward to that i'm really excited about it and I think it'll be pretty fun. I think everyone will find it super valuable. I did when I was doing it with Marianne, my business coach. So anyways, we will see you next week. And I hope everyone has a good week and got some good information. If you wouldn't mind just leaving a review. Again, we can always uh, read them over the next uh, episode. So that's always fun for us to get your feedback and encouragement. So we will talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Oh
Oh, oh, oh.